Welcome to the good life. Uh. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is Welcome to the good life. You're welcome. Welcome to the Pod Pod, huge round 18, really kicked off with a bang uh, and there was some really big highlights. You're listening to Tubes introducing this week where without regular host uh, Matty Boy who uh, probably had a pretty good week but has decided to take his long-term partner out on a 15-year wedding uh, or some type of anniversary, who knows, this is just an excuse to get out of the podcast. It was a big week in round 18. There was some monster scores across Supercoach and then some typical heartbreak as well with Pappy uh, going down and out for the season. I think we've got the best pod pod trio for this evening. The three real big pod pods in myself and Dan and a a third guest, which I'll introduce in a minute. Uh, But I'll, I'll throw over to Dan as our first guest guest for this week. Uh, Dan, welcome. Uh, how are you feeling after being taken over in the overall by, by me on the weekend? Yeah, it was, it was pretty deflating, actually. Um, I didn't get to watch much of the footy on the weekend, and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, Captain Pappy uh, hurt me a lot, as it did with other other super coaches, and, and Joey Boymanu. It's very tough to watch him at the moment without, without him being in the side. So, uh, fortunately, I'm being held up in our uh, in our Queenstown bet by Maddie, who uh, I think he put the VC on Joey Manu, so he, he ended up with a big score. Uh, but I've gone down a couple of thousand in the rankings to about six thousand. So my goal of top one thousand is not looking not looking great at this stage. You, you don't have any many bullets left in the in the gun either to, to fire, do you? There's so no, there's, there's... there's no no trade options. I mean, I've got three trades left. Uh, I'm thinking about doing two this week and then the last one, no idea. Do I keep it or I just go all out on another pod the week after and then just ride it home? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, all right. So as, as mentioned, we've got a, a special second guest tonight. He's making his pod pod debut. He's what some would describe as the ultimate pod super coach player, king of the early season non-playing reserves. And he's partial to going against the grain on popular stream players. He's currently ranked 1,391st overall and feeling fresh after a mid-season trip over to New York City. It's coach of Shine Bright, Mr. Shine Bright himself, Michael Diamond. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> How's it going to you, boys? Thanks for having me. How was your, um, how was your weekend? Did you Captain Pappy? Or? Yeah, Captain Pappy. I was on... I was flying with uh, Sam Walker finally coming good, and uh, my Roosters stacked team from round one, with, who I haven't even traded out yet. So um, <laughs> they finally came good in round nineteen or eighteen or whatever it was. So. Yeah, I laid Pappy this week, which was uh, pretty good. I laid him the week before, and so it sort of came good for me. But I don't own Manu or Garrick, which I think most people up in the in the top thousand sort of seem to own and and not similar to Matt, a lot of them VC'd or seed uh, Manu. So I've had a, a decent week uh, with 1363, but uh, certainly nowhere near some of those huge scores which I saw floating around in the 1700s, 1600s. Seeing as, seeing as though you've taken over me now, Tubes, how are you feeling about the rest of the rest of the year? Do you think you're 
you've got a pretty solid side or you're feeling like you're a little bit too pod or a little bit short on players? I'm pretty pod. I'm pretty happy with my side overall, though. I'm pretty stacked with the Sharks, which we'll get to in a bit, which isn't too bad with their draw on the run home. I also brought in Cherry Evans on the weekend, which was a bit of a pod play, which yeah. came off. Good point. And he um, taken the kicking off Garrick, and they got a bit of not a bad run coming up as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's still a bit pod, but I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty happy. And I got six trades left as well, or five trades left, actually. So not looking too bad um, that to, to take you out. How are you looking for trades at the moment, Nick? I was just looking. Uh, six left, but I should have used a couple more in the buy period because uh, <laughs> I got slaughtered. I was up to, I don't know, around 200 before the buys, and now I'm sitting back 1,300 or something. So Yeah. It, it feels like people who went hard on those high-scoring players in round 13, it's just really paid off for them. The, the Ruben Garricks, Joey Manus, you know, just if you've held them the last five rounds, you're absolutely flying and, you know, they're just looking on going better and better as well. Yeah. Uh, Latrell was a good one to bring in as well when Tubes did, I think, for because Pappy was fresh into the buy and yeah. um, he's tense and, you know, lost cash. <laughs> I was well, I was we, watching on my phone on the weekend, but geez, I was getting up and about when he threw Addo Carr off him and just after making that uh, break. It was, yeah, good. Oh, it was, yeah. It was yeah. good to watch. He's good to watch. I think we did talk about that last week or um, the week before when it was for the for the buy round was do you bring in Pappy or or try to run not bringing him in as Tubes did, and we did say like you're just banking on a Pappy injury, and that's exactly what's happened. So. Yeah, uh, well done was, to those guys who've laid him. Yeah, for me it was a just a number of trades decision. Like I had to bring back in Harry and a few other guns to to so I couldn't just sort of rent Latrell and then and then keep keep Pappenhausen for the, for yeah, the way home. For sure. Yeah, I literally had no idea I was getting Pappy back in, so <laughs> I don't have to make that decision now. So uh, tonight we've got a probably. Typical agenda of what we're doing. I'll, we'll give you a bit of a Queenstown update in a minute, uh, and then we're going to run through the the important probably ins and outs for the teams over the weekend. Uh, and we're going to finish off with a bit of a new game. It's a bit of a spin on who would you rather, but we're going to look at uh, some who would you rather watch from a super coach best players to watch perspective, uh, and a little bit more on that to come. But it's just to get you to fight up for those for those players for the run home. So very quick update from a Queenstown perspective. As Dan mentioned, Matt went pretty well again. He got 1383. I wasn't too far off with 1363. So Matt and Dan have uh, have extended their lead a little bit out to 220, uh, but certainly still within reach where we know Dan's not going to contribute. Uh, unfortunately, Poppy Ricks made the decision to trade out Garrick on the weekend when he lost the goal kicking. So, um, yeah, not sure how, how well that's going to play long-term for our Queenstown bet. Just just seeing how close we are in the points, uh, Tubes, bottom, bottom of the barrel, us two. I think you're now in front of me by about 40-odd or so. Is that right? Total points overall? Yeah. Maybe maybe a little side bet uh, for the Queenstown bet head-to-head. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well... Mick can probably jump in because I think I've had plenty of side bets with him. I don't think I've ever won one, uh, and I think I probably owe him for <laughs> a couple right. uh, still still going. But 
Yeah. Uh, certainly happy to to do one with you. That's for oh. sure, Dan. Well, maybe maybe Mick can have a think about it, and he can think of a little little golf related side bet we can do for uh, for our head to head overall later in the later in the segment. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Who was that spud from Manly? We had on the coming. We had for the listeners out there. Mick and I, when I yeah. talked up Bullymore at the start of the year, he, he bet me a case that that Bullymore wouldn't. What was it? He wouldn't go up by more than a hundred k or something like that. And, yeah. and, it and sixty k. And he was starting back row. Yeah, it might have only been sixty. And uh, I obviously took that bet, and uh, it, it was gone within within probably two weeks, or probably once he ran out on the field and you saw him play. Realistically, he had that good first game and scored a try, showed some speed. Yeah. You were on your feet. Cheers. Yeah, he was into a dollar ten basically after that first game and still got beat. Just that rolling average got your beat. Yeah, but no, it's definitely for the overall uh, Queenstown bet two twenty. It's definitely not an unattainable um, score to to get us on. So I think Matt's just too strong this year. I think he'll he'll carry the ship. Um, shout out to the Pod Pod group. Uh, for the uh, for the for the overall uh, with the with the prize being the what was it the chairman's lounge tickets and the and a game at the lakes with, with us I think it was chairman's lounge tickets was it on Everest day or we didn't commit to that I don't remember whatever it is uh, shout out to those days. that are going well uh, pink pink socks Jared uh, he's coming 186 overall the para eels 69s jumped right up uh, he's 223. Uh, and the Darky Sharkies Junior has has dropped away. I think um, Dom's Derek. I think since he's been added to the Pod Pod feedback WhatsApp group, he's really dropped down the the rankings. It's a bit of a curse. Mm. He's down to four seventy nine, so he's eighth overall. Um, but yeah, there's there's a bit of co- it's competitions heating up in that group for, to take out the top prize. I, th- I think there's about f- fifteen down to you, Mick, uh, all within sort of three hundred points of each other. So it's still on. What about Andrew King? Put him in the socket. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Well, the juggler. The juggler's come out at Brookie. All right. Well, let's kick off into the first game of the round. Uh, we've got the Eels versus the Broncos on Thursday night. few changes this week. So at the Broncos... Uh, those that rested after Origin, Corey Oates and Capewell and Carrigan are back, uh, but also, importantly, Payne Haas is back. Uh, probably more relevant, Billy Walters is out and Turpin starts at hooker. And then for Parramatta, a uh, big return of Ryan Madison straight into the starting lock position. Uh, so very super coach relevant player there. Dan, is Madison someone that you're going to be looking at targeting for the run home? In my position, uh no, I'm not going to get him. <clears throat> I think if you're up the top, close to the top, he's a really secure second row forward that you can get going forward. If you've got the, got the space to fit him in, I think it's it's such a lowly position this year that, that he's one of those sort of top three guys that you'd be looking at to get in. But I'm probably going to going to try to swerve and keep a keep a couple of those centre wings in Targo and Talakai in my, in my second row forward rotation. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing uh, the same... Talakai, Targo, and Angus Crichton, I think, in the in the back rows for a while. So, um, yeah, 
It's it's just the high ceiling guys, but Mad- I mean Madison's getting the biggest stats padding of all time from the from the from the Fox Sports guys, isn't he? Oh, like, for sure, he for sure. You know, he's always going to go up about twenty points with that score. There's a couple of guys who consistently go up. They, I, I'm not, I don't understand why, and some who don't go anywhere. I think yeah. pr- prime yeah. example, David Fafita on the weekend went up about twenty. That's pretty standard for him. Yeah, Nico, yeah. Nico Hines is another one they they love. Yeah, when he has wet hair, he just gets some extra points every now and then. Um, I'm going to lay Madison. Uh, I think Dan, I, I, and it's and there's no real thought process to it other than he's missed Origin. He's got his big contract. He's yeah. probably done now for the season if he's going to keep up that same output that he had earlier on. Yeah, the injury is not great for output as well. It's kind of one of those ones that he might even get a bit more extended time, particularly if they're winning games. And Eels draw is terrible, I think, back end of season. So if you don't have those Eels guys now, I'm probably I'd probably be looking to swerve all Eels players. If not, maybe even getting out players like Mitch Moses. Apart from our man IPAP though. Uh yeah. who doesn't have IPAP, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> if you, <Yeah. laughs> if yeah, you don't if have, you don't have, have now, I, Yeah. Yeah. You you get should it, give up, basically. Yeah. Um, but certainly, yeah, he's a bring, he's a bring in if you're gonna get rid of Penasini. He's dropped off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, gone, absolutely gone. I think um, probably the other relevant keeper in the side from a Parramatta perspective might not matter as much on matchups is Dylan Brown. I think a lot of people might be getting rid of Cody Walker potentially. I think there's a there was a bit of a plan Munster and Brown as the two best five eights for the run home. What are you leaning towards, Mick, for five eights from a run home perspective? Is Brown in there? Yeah, I think it's a bit. I mean, Dylan Brown's had such a good season, but I think if they don't have the easiest run home, he's he probably doesn't have the biggest ceiling. He's just got the best floor from a five eight perspective. So if you're chasing point, yeah, it, it, he could be an option to either move on or or not bring in. Uh, if, if people that don't own him. Yeah, um, yeah they got, I'm they got a tough run in Broncos, Panthers, Manly, Souths, the next four. So, I mean, he, he, he is pretty bulletproof in his in his base. Um, so it's a pretty secure replacement, say, if you're looking to trade, do a few of those things, as Mick was saying, and flip a few around, so getting Pappy out. Uh, but I'd rather go in some pod, more pod kind of guys, like um, or Drinky and... Um, our man Dewey, we talked about last week. Even take a gamble on him and go early. There's a lot of options. Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually eyeing off Callum Ponga today. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Even though this year That's he's bad. averaging like 54 or something, but like he's better. Obviously, he was the best player in Origin. So, and he yeah. looked good on the weekend for the Knights as well. Without getting too far ahead of ourselves, I thought he looked. He was the best player in Origin, but I thought he backed up pretty well. Although not a massive super coach score, he looked good on the weekend too. The Knights have got a good draw as well. I, I just had a quick look, and uh, but I mean those guys look half interested to me. I mean, yeah, they they spark up when when they're in the game or or when the, whenever they got the ball, but when they're doing the tough work, it's just like they're looking for somebody else to do it. Yeah, Even, including Kalen and Gay Guy and some of their bigger names. So, so getting um, back onto the game. Uh, Broncos, Sorry. 
No, that's all right. We, we, Dan's just gone way. an early whack to you, Mick. He's Give it away. Like, yeah, yeah. What's, what's your podcast etiquette? Or maybe he's whacking me for hosting and not pulling everyone back in the line. I am a little. I am a little bit. So I'll have to. I'll have to steer the ship for him. Uh, Broncos. Uh, if you're up the top, big value in Payne Huss this week at four eighty k. I think uh, he's probably really secure to get into your front row. iPad Payne Huss. Joe Tappany, if you have those three running that, that's probably the strongest front row forward rotation you can get. So I'd say he's pretty pretty good value at 480. Yeah. My, my reserve uh, front rowers are V Kepu from the Warriors and V Fafito from Manly. I don't even know who that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're so, going to have to save I, a, couple of, a couple of trades for that, for that rotation. I'm, so, I'm, I'm saying don't, uh, don't bring in pain unless you have to because front rowers are poison. Yeah. I think Payne's potentially – I mean, if you're already running, I think he's a tough one to bring in because what? how much better – say you had, say you owned Lolo, who's, you know, probably one that could move on from the front row. What's what's Payne going to outscore him by in the run home? Like maybe 10 points a game? Like is that really worth the trade um, yeah, at this point possibly. in the year? I don't think possibly. it's for Lolo himself, but certainly if you go a head-to-head Lolo versus Payne Haas, I think he's in for 10, 15-point average more. Um, yeah, just on current. current Certainly, values. price value wise, he's as you said, he's, he's a good option for this week. Yeah. I've got a what bit about, of a theory uh, what about what about Paddy Carrigan? Any interest? Just no ceiling. He hasn't scored a try for five years, probably, and mm. he's probably uh, not value. I haven't looked up his price to be honest, but I did like not... what I saw in Origin. He's going to take a big confidence boost out of that. Uh, and he's he's obviously seen as a bit of a leader now. Five hundred and sixty-four thousand. It's probably probably too much to take a punt on him. As you said, he doesn't really have that ceiling, so you're not going to get too many tries out of him. Yeah, I, I looked at his minutes before as well, and I think he's averaging fifty-nine or something this year. So it's not like it's not much to go up more. Yeah, I, I've got a theory that Brisbane are going to struggle because they're at the back end of the year because they've got a lot of young players in their team as well. Yeah. They just can't stick at it for 24 rounds or whatever. Sure. But we'll see. The problem is I've had that theory for the year, um, but and that, that they're just going to at some point fold. Uh, I'm, I'm still sticking fat on it. I honestly, I was looking at their run home and, and, and working out their, like what that whether or not how many games they're going to win, and I I think they could still miss the eight, the Broncos, as as well as they've been going. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I I, I won't be getting Haas this week, but I think he's an option to get. Second game of the round is uh, the Dragons and the Sea Eagles. Uh, that's Friday, the Friday six o'clock game at Jubilee Oval in um, that's that, that's Cogra, uh, in the south of Sydney. Uh, so uh, very small changes for the Dragons. Sully, Moses Sully is out uh, with an ankle injury and uh, early early season pod Moses Embiah moves into the centres uh, and Jaden Sullivan replaces him um, on, the, on the bench and Tarek Sims also returns uh, onto the bench and Aaron Woods is finally dropped um, for the Dragons. The Sea Eagles... Have a couple of COVID-related outs, being Jake Travojevic uh, and Andrew Davey, but I don't think any of them are too relevant from a super coach perspective. 
Uh, I think the big talking points from from here is is the Seagulls who had a big uh, big game on the weekend. Uh, I think we mentioned Garrick in the intro. Uh, is he someone that you own already, uh, Mick? Uh, and and if not, is he someone you're looking to bring in for the run home? I've I've faded uh, Manly players since Tom went down. Um, I just thought that without him, they couldn't win a, win a game. Um, but they've they found how found a way to score um, shitloads of supercoach points. So um, Garrick's not one for me. I, I mean, he's twenty percent owned or something. So um, him and Olakuatu can just keep carving up without not not being in my team. I think. <laughs> <laughs> do you own him, Dan? Yeah, I do own Garrick, uh, which you know, fortunate I kept him. I did think about dropping him after that injury cloud he had over him. Uh, and I did have the VC on him up until I heard he wasn't goal-kicking last weekend, so I took it off him, uh, unfortunately, for that. But, uh, yeah, still very happy with him in the side. I think Manly have a great draw coming up. Uh, Cherry Evans is a big option, very big option, uh, particularly with Paps going down and people can flip people around. So I think uh, I, I might be looking to get Cherry in this week, uh, but I have a feeling he's going to be pretty well bought. So I, I do want to go pretty ultra pod now. So we'll see. We'll oh, see what that I didn't think like. about that. Uh, so cherry for Paps via Hines. That's pretty. Mm. That'll be pretty annoying for me. I bought Cherry in on the weekend, thinking he was a ultra pod. It obviously worked out well. Yeah, you got uh, with his points. with his score. Um, mm. But I'd, I'd still rather people not be buying him. Um, but I, but you're right that that's definitely an option people are going to be looking at. I'm going to keep Lane Garrick uh, myself, not because I don't think he'll do well, but I just think if he's lost the goal kicking, he's too highly priced now, and I'm not trying to jump on jump on this late in the season. I'll just ride it to ride it to the end in terms of laying him. Uh, yeah. the, the the other one I wanted to mention from Manly, so talked a bit about Cherry, was um, I don't know if either of you, do you, either of you still own, uh, oh, I'm going to stuff this up, Talutau Kula? Do either of you own Kula still? Stubby Kula. Stubby Kula? No, I got rid of him a long time ago. I think I got rid of him before that big game he had a while back. Yeah. But it was yeah. he was just value to get out at that. I think he was about four hundred k at the time. So he looks good. He looks like a very promising young, young I, footballer. I've watched the last couple of Manly games. Pretty, you know, well, I've watched them anyway. Uh, <laughs> and I just think that he seems to be finding his feet. Like he's he seems like such a gun attacker. That try he scored on the weekend. I know it was against Tuala, but he de- he definitely does have the ability to beat a man one on one pretty well. Uh, and he seems to be growing in confidence, super coach wise, or like NRL wise, which goes to super coach. Is that burst of ex- acceleration? That's pretty. Uh, it's pretty special. Not a lot of people have that. Yeah, he's, just, he's else? just missing the missing the size a little bit. And like, if he gets open space and one on one, he's just you know, it's just leaving people for dead. So, uh, in terms of anyone else for the manly, I I couldn't find Jason Saab last week and I still don't want to go anywhere near him. And yeah, no one else really in the outside backs really really fires me up. I'd I'd love to own Big Ola if he wasn't so highly owned. Um he's very good to watch. Yeah. No, he's a, he's they're pretty he's... they're pretty healthy manly. Um apart from apart from Tom obviously. Like the I think they got their full list available. So it's probably why they're going 
going good. I think in recent years they've probably had a lot of injuries and yeah. Um, yeah. Keeping, field, keeping people on the field is nice, but I'd probably say they'd trade about six of those guys out to have a healthy Tom Trebojevic. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'd trade basically the whole team to have Travojevic in there. Um, the only one, as always, relevant from St. George is probably Lomax. Um, he doesn't doesn't certainly excite, but I think for those that own him, he's, he's a hold for the run home. He's sort of just a, a an out-and-out centre wing keeper that just doesn't bring much excitement or joy to watch from that perspective. I wouldn't be trading for him, though. No, he's not a he's not a buy-in. He's probably a hold just to have a number in that centre wing rotation. So you play him against some some of the better games, and it's probably maybe two or three more games that you're playing him in. Um, but I think he's averaging 62, which is the highest uh, going down to Ben Hunt at 56 average of the Dragons. So the less spoken about the Dragons, the better, I think. All right. Well. Moving on to the third game of the round. Uh, it's the Friday night game uh, up at Newcastle Stadium. Uh, it's uh, Newcastle versus the Sydney Roosters. A uh, couple of changes for the Knights. Dom Young is out. Uh, Heimel Hunt on the wing, which is a bit of a dot, and not much else changes for them. Roosters, a few big uh, ins and outs, so they've lost... Takiaho, Tupanua, and Smith gone for the season, but they welcome back uh, Jaria Hargraves and, importantly, Luke Carey, which is pushing the 190-man Joey Manu out to the centres. I think there was some talk about Manu potentially being in doubt with his fake calf injury or whatever that was over the weekend. It was a calf, uh, cramp, but he, calf cramp. Calf cramp. And that but, was definitely just PR about him maybe not playing on Monday. Yeah. Just had it just had a day off training. That's all yeah. it was. Yeah. Well done on the weekend. Just have the day off and and let's yeah, get the PR right. Let's pretend yeah, let's pretend like you were really hurt and, you know, name you on Tuesday. Well done. Nat Butcher joins uh starts in the place of Tupanua and so he's probably you'd think got that edge back row spot uh locked down now for the rest of the year. Uh Mick, I'll throw to you first. Pretty relevant super coach game, I think. Uh, you've already spruiked one pod in in Ponga. Anything else, sort of, any main interests from this game? Um, I owned Butcher earlier in the year because I, I thought he was like a bit of a keeper at like basement price or, or mid price, I should say. Um, I don't know if uh, Kiri back is what we wanted here. Um, he's been pretty struggling all year with. I'm guessing he's got an injury. He reminds me a bit of like Val Holmes last year. Like just, just something's not right with him. Um, it's too bad to be true kind of thing. So it doesn't make sense because I, I he's a gun player, but something's just not right. If it's like if it is it the concussion things and maybe playing with his head, like he just. I don't know. Uh, I think he needs a team going forward around him, and I don't think the Roosters had that. So he plays off the he plays off momentum all the time in his games. Like he's not one that's going to bust tackles, uh, you know, do something from a standing start like a Joey Manu type player. He's more back, get the momentum behind a good forward pack. And then he just, just has those sort of, you know, quick acceleration, get through the line and set something up. Am I right in saying that they have named Kiri in six and Walker in seven. And that was the other way around at the beginning of the year. So 
Kiri was almost more like after Cronk and after his injury last year, he was taking the the lead as the dominant halfback, uh, and they and they really tried to assert that by naming Kiri in the seven and and Walker in the six. Whereas it, at least based on the team sheet, Walker's been named in the seven, which he's been playing the last few weeks, and I wonder if their roles are going to slightly change with Kiri back in the team. Yeah. Um, I've just noticed Drew Hutchison and Connor Watson are both on the bench as well. So I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, he, could be main, he could be a main out, league. which makes it irrelevant. Apart from Sammy Walker, I think that'll be really good for him if Kiri is out. Uh, because even if they do change roles, so to speak, I still think Kiri's going to demand a fair bit of the ball. Which is which is bad for Sammy Walker. I think he needs to take the reins in that team and get the ball when he wants it because uh, he can do he can do he's got a bit of that individual brilliance. Uh, also big for Joey Manu. Manu gets a huge amount of ball when Kiri's out. So if he's if Kiri's in, it's going to definitely affect those two uh, those two scores. I think Kiri back is better for Teddy though. Uh, if you're looking at Teddy as a play as your fullback option, if you didn't own him with, with Pappy, I think they probably play a bit more structured rather than free flowing like they do with Manu, uh, which I think is bet. I think, I don't know, Teddy's a pretty good off the cuff player as well. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's in for more try assists and line breaks and line break assists where they play that sort of out the back sweeping, bit more structured play off the back of Kiri. Yeah. I, I don't mind Daniel Tupo either. And actually, I still own Suwali, but um, I mean, I went Roosters mad in the first <laughs> first round because I, I was just stacking. Last year, it was it was a good strategy to stack uh, top four teams, like players from top four teams. It doesn't matter on their ability or whatever, but um, but this year it sort of hasn't worked out that way for the Roosters and. Well, they're just not a top four team this year. <laughs> I suppose that's the main. I, I can't believe how bad they've been. Honestly, like they're. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, not gelling. I don't know what's what what's wrong. Yeah, the the thing that maybe, turns me off Tupu thing that turns me off Tupu is the next three for the Roosters after this week: um, Manly, Broncos, Cowboys. There's just other centre wingers with better draws coming up um, that I'd probably be looking. And with the amount of trades I have, I kind of need one for the rest of the year. So um, it probably turns me off him a little bit. Uh, for te- for non-Teddy owners, I've owned Teddy the whole time and this has been a quiet year for him, so to speak, and he's still averaging 75. So he's a really safe, secure option. I'd probably look, you know, if you ask me who my top two fullbacks you'd want in, you're probably looking at Teddy and Latrell now uh, and leaving Hines up at halfback with Cleary. So pretty easy to bring che- Teddy in at a, at a good price as well, under 700K. You forgot KP and... <laughs> And maybe Cherry. I, I don't mind Chibs' as chatter. Yeah, um, Cherry Pod. I do, I do like the Cherry Pod. So as I said, I'm thinking of I'm bringing him here and I'm going to I'm gonna lay Latrell for the meantime. Do you own Manu, Mick, or do you like mean you own him? Yeah, yeah, I own Manu, yeah. I, I, I'm, you're not bringing in Manu, any chance of bringing in Manu, Dan, at his current price. I don't own him. I guess he's another option for a Pappenhausen, you could almost run the Teddy Manu double at fullback as well. Um, yeah. I think not at a, the price, he's a tough one to get. But if you don't get him this week, you're not getting him, obviously. No, not a, not 800K for sure. Maybe late in the year, maybe after the next four rounds and you've got a trade left and they've got a, a 
a couple of good good games right at the death. Um, or not even, maybe they got Tigers round 23, Storm and then Souths to finish. So it's not the easiest draw running home. Send him off! Send the drifting edge off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! On the Saturday game, uh, it starts off with a bit of a super coach dot, although I think Dan's going to try and talk us into something uh a bit out there, uh, which is probably just going to show how much he's on tilt at the moment. Um, but it's the Raiders versus the Warriors, uh, uh, Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. game at GIO Stadium in Canberra. It's going to be a feels like minus two uh, there on Saturday afternoon. And a uh, couple of changes for the Raiders. Try scoring hero James Schiller is out uh, with an ankle injury and Albert Hopawati gets a start. His first start of the year. I think he came off the bench on the weekend. And Rapana's suspended for a taken is a suspended and Nick Kotrick returns. Um Elliot Whitehead, who was a laid out, I think, with COVID on the weekend, comes back in and uh Harawira Naira uh is back to the bench, who I think was one of their best on the weekend. And the Warriors have made an interesting change dropping Reese Walsh to the bench. So they're playing Harris Devita at fullback. They've dropped uh, the young Ronald Ronald Volkman and brought in uh, Dejan Arce, if I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, and they've stuck with uh, Tohu Harris at starting prop after his blistering performance on the weekend. Probably not a huge relevant, but Dan, why don't you kick us off with your uh, with your Canberra thoughts? Uh, look, uh, I think this week, looking at the bench. For Canberra, they're not playing James Schiller there, which I don't know why they were in the first place, but they've got Sutton, Gula, and Harawira Naira along with Tom Starling. So I the only way you can stop Tapanay at the moment is is drop his minutes. And I'm hoping as a non-owner of Tapanay, I hope he drops 10 minutes or so because that's a big, big change for him. He's just been absolutely killing it. You wouldn't have watched the game on the weekend, I'm guessing. Dan no. versus the Storm. No. So Schiller started because um, Kotrick was out and he was unbelievable. Scored two tries. His last try, the I think it was the match winner, was awesome, but he got injured. Um, mm. Hopawade was on the bench. Uh, and Harawira Naira started for the Raiders and and he, he, uh, he had a really good game as well. So I think he's probably played himself back into the 17, which he's been – named but but obviously that could change when Rapina comes back Ricky could go back to playing um on the on the bench but uh yeah who knows with Ricky what he's going to do any any given week to week or or anything along those lines yeah so i think Tapane still is at a it's a high price 680k for a front row forward um, but again, he's one of those secure guys you can kind of lock into that that position. But if you said to me now, you know, Payne Haas versus Joe Tappanay, um at 200k less, I'd definitely be picking up Payne Haas. Um, so that's what I'd be looking at there. I think Raiders have an excellent draw coming up as well. So um, just trying to trying to look at who they got. It's something something ridiculous. They've got Warriors, Titans next two, 
then they played Dragons round 22, Knights round 23, and West Tigers round 25. It's just a really sh- a real shame. There's no real outside back in the Raiders that's going to, one, have a secure spot, and two, going to be that super coach relevant. So I'm I'm slightly looking at Jackie Boy Whiten in the 5'8 position, potentially to, uh, <laughs> to replace Ryan Don't do, Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't know. I don't know. He's got. He's got to have a big year, big, uh, big end of year. Um, he's shown shows shows a little bit of flair, and if he gets enough ball, he's obviously can get a few tries. But it is a very wide pod, and he's never been one of mine but, that I actually like that much, Jackie boy. But I, so, other than their run home, like what draws you to him? Is it his low floor, or is it his low ceiling? <laughs> He's trying to find the player who kicks it out on the full the most in the NRL. <laughs> Look, I'm just I'm just throwing a dart and we'll see we'll see how it lands. I'm not saying I'm yeah. him, but certainly he would be the only one of interest in that in that Raiders backline for me. Apart from Kotrick, who we spoke about last week, who's a little bit of value under four hundred K. Yeah. Yeah. With Whiten, I just think uh, high score last year, high score this year was 77. High score last year was 95. High score of the year before was 109. And the high score the year before that was 95. So even at his absolute peak over the last four years, his best score is 109. So I just think, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I know it's, it's, you just, I think it's, I think he's, there's it, just not a huge enough ceiling there. I'd almost be more interested in Jamal Fogarty out of the two halves, if you were throwing up pot <laughs> options of the two, uh, it, he has the goal kicking, doesn't he? At the, at the Raiders. And if they've got, if they're going to belt a few teams, he's at least got a bit more pedigree to have some type of upside. And I'm not making the case that people out there should be getting Jamal Fogarty. I'm just making the case that Fogarty V Whiten on the run home. If I was going to own one of them, I'd, I'd probably rather Fogarty. All right. All right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll record that for for end of end of year review. review. Fogarty versus <laughs> Jackie Boy Martin. I'm a Raiders fan, and uh, they play better against the better teams. Like they, it's the draws are relevant with them. It's probably a bad thing they've got an easy draw. <laughs> they, they're, Just, a head, they're a head case team. <laughs> put them put them against the Storm and Amy Park every week, and you're probably getting a better result. Oh. Yeah. Um, It'd probably probably be better for the listeners if we edit that whole Raiders chat out, but we'll see what happens there. But let's let's move the, on. The only thing for Warriors, uh, and I will go, there's only one player, which is Tohu Harris. I I don't know if they're doing any positional changes. Tohu Harris is probably the only relevant Warriors player uh, that that you'd be looking at bringing in uh, for this week. All right, the next uh, game is the Panthers versus the Sharks out at uh, Blue Bet Stadium um, in Penrith. Uh, and not uh, – not a, 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 sorry, a lot of changes for the Panthers, uh, not many from their normal, but obviously all their uh, origin representatives are back. So Cleary, everyone, all of them are back. Uh, no, no other outs, though, from, from their relevant 17. Uh, the Sharks see Talakai return after missing last week. Poor Katoa um, after scoring that uh, awesome three-quarter of the field try um, and doing his shoulder. He's gone for the season, and Connor Tracy moves to uh, the uh, – I think they've, they've – the right wing he'll be on, so replacing Katoa. Um, and Nakora is back 
uh, for Teague Wilton for those that, that potentially bought Nakora in round 17. So a fair bit to get through probably in this game, Dan, is uh, I, I wanted to probably pose the question, Taylor May and Isaac Targo, probably two two players that m- the majority of Supercoach players have held since the beginning of the year. Do you, are the, do you think that they're keepers now for the run home? Are you going to be holding both of them? Yeah, definitely. So holding both of them, um, if you have a plethora of trades left, maybe you could drop Targo, but I'm I'm going to hold him and, and play him on the good matchups. So I think I'll probably rest Targo this week. Probably still play Taylor May, um, but they're both they're both guns. They're both going to score well in the in the beat ups by Panthers. So uh, yeah, easy to hold for me. I um I I didn't play either of them on the weekend. <laughs> I feel like that you play both of them and they could and they have big upside, or you don't play either of them. It worked out okay for me on the weekend. I didn't play either, and they they averaged just a measly sixty five between the two of them. So nothing nothing too big. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Brian To'o is back uh, and has super coach pedigree. Is he one that that you potentially be looking to bring in for the run home, Mick? Is he is he on your radar? I can't really carry Targo May and Toll. I don't think like uh, maybe Steve Crichton's a bit of a pot as well. I guess like it just depends which side they go. Penrith when they're gonna lap teams have, on the way. In. Do you have kick out as well? Yeah, I got kick out. Um, yeah, so like, pretty. <laughs> that left side was just awesome. Like Targo's yeah. a silk and um, Kickow's having a great year and May's just does all the work and then just finishes in the corner. So Yeah. I think I think you can probably just keep running with those three. I do agree with you that it's probably hard to own Toto as well and play all four of them to get the bang for your buck each week. Um, I am thinking about getting rid of Targo and going to Toto. Uh, I don't know if there's that much logic in that, other than it feels a bit of a pod play. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent on that. It feels hard to drop a drop a Panthers outside back for another one. Um, I, I think he'll still score well and average well for the end of the year, Toto. But at the same time, Targo could could go close to him. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a difficult one for a, to worth a trade at this stage of the year. Yeah, kick out went well on the weekend for his owners, uh getting over a hundred and looked like he's looked like a beast of himself again. So I'm sure uh he'll be on uh people will be looking to play him for the next few rounds as well on matchups. Nathan Cleary, do you current do you have you held him over the origin period, Dan? Or is he one that you've got to get back in? No, I've I've just held him, so it's pretty pretty simple for me. Again, if I didn't own him, I mean, how do you how do you not have him? It's a pretty scary thought. Uh, but yeah, I'd say a lot of super coaches who have dropped him over that origin period. It hasn't been bad for them, uh, and um, and yeah, they'll probably be looking to get him in again. Probably easy now with Paps going down. Yeah. Do you own him still, Mick? Is that yeah? yeah. I. I don't own him. I haven't owned him all year. I just just thinking about that. That seems crazy. I think I um, which hasn't been too bad the last few weeks. Uh, and but I I always have been planning on getting him in for the run home. I'm probably just going to wait one more week with them playing the Sharks this week. 
Um, yeah, I think I'm going to wait one more week. But I, I'd say, as you said, Dan, perhaps to Cleary via Hines is probably a pretty easy trade for a lot of people if they don't already own Cleary. So I'd say he'll his ownership will probably only increase uh, heading into this round. I, I wouldn't be taking Cleary on at Penrith Park. I think they've won like something like one out. I uh, lost one out of the last thirty games or something like that. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a pretty tough lay. <laughs> it be, I don't know. I haven't looked at the weather. Is it wet down there? I think it's wet. Sharks in the wet. Hines in the wet. Could just be. Could just take Cleary out. <laughs> no, I don't know. There's there's not really. There's not really much hope with Cleary. He's he seems pretty injury proof as well. Seems just bulletproof, Cleary, with with everything. He's a hard man to lay, that's for sure. I think the the big decisions here are what do you what do you do if you've got uh, Sharkies outside backs this week? So if you've got the likes of Ronaldo, Talakai, are you playing them in your seventeen? Yeah, it, dep- it depends on who you have, I guess, as your as your other uh, centre wings. But mm. yeah, I, I I'd be happy to play one of those two. Um, probably probably Ronaldo. Um, just hoping he jags a try yeah just one try and then Talakai's probably got aftershock from uh, Origin as well after having a shocker so yeah yeah I I mean Talakai he's certainly got a better floor than Ronaldo so you're probably still getting 50 with him even if he doesn't score whereas Ronaldo probably does need a try to get to to get above 50 uh, and and, and yeah, it's going to be a tough game against the Sharks. I uh, sorry against the Panthers. I'm probably going to have to play one of those two and make that decision as well. Um, I think everyone owns Nico by now, uh, so it's probably very uh, hard to talk about or, or not worth mentioning. But the the other one, Dan, was I mentioned Tracy on the wing. Is is he someone that you'll look at bringing in over the over the course of the run home? Not with having Ronaldo and Talakai in the team as well. So as we talked about with the Panthers, just having three outside backs from the same team. They definitely do have a good run, uh, Sharks. So I wouldn't be bringing them in this week uh, at 504,000 playing the Panthers. Uh, but definitely look at him next week if you've if you've if you want some Sharkies backs for the outside uh, uh, for the uh, for the run home. Yeah, I think not relevant for this week, but I'm just going to mention it. After the Panthers game, the Sharks have the Rabbitohs, whose defense has been pretty woeful, Dragons, Tigers, Manly, Bulldogs, Knights to finish off the year. So pretty good run home after this week. Uh, And having outside backs from the Sharks uh, might not be the worst thing, uh, but it is going to be tough to be playing them all. Shout out to Matty Moylan, who I've held, and I've just made a decision I'm going to hold for the rest of the year uh, and play him on matchups. <laughs> Won't be playing him this week against the Panthers, but uh, certainly uh, can't wait till he busts out a an over hundred score uh, in the run home uh, for, for 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 Tubes's pods. Uh, next game is uh, Rabbitohs versus the Storm, uh, which is the seventh. Uh, the 7.30 game uh, on Saturday night out at a core stadium. So it's a Rabbitohs home game. Uh, don't think there's any changes to the South's team. Uh, sorry, Cam Murray is back and Cookie are back. So the two Origin players come back into the side. Uh, and But for the Storm, they've lost uh, Ryan Pappenhausen with Nick Meaney going to, to fullback. And... Um, 
Tyron Wishart has been named on the on the wing in the place of um, Nick Meany, but Grant Anderson is named on the bench. So surely you got to think that that'll that'll reverse itself by by game time. Uh, Dan, as from your perspective, uh, is is are you look looking at any of those uh, Cookie or Murray or Latrell? from the Souths as part of, as one of your three remaining trades for the, for the run home. Yeah. Just looking at it, I, f- I forgot Murray was back in the side after the concussion last week. Uh, but at 580 K, I think he's great value, really secure. I'd probably be picking him up as the first, uh, second row forward that I'd want. Uh, Latrell, I'd, I'd be picking up Latrell before I'd be picking up Joey Manu at this stage. Um, even though they've got a tough draw, um, I think Latrell's still got a lot of points in him. Uh, and Cookie's a nice stable option, but at those prices, I'd probably be looking at picking up Harry Grant before I'd be picking up Cookie. Mick, I know you've already mentioned Ponga. Is Latrell on your radar for Pappenhausen this week? I just think Latrell's going to be the most traded in, and I'd prefer Ponga's draw and the similar kind of super coach averages normally. Historically, yeah, so, um, bit of a recency bias with Latrell going so good on the weekend and looking so good that I think plenty of people will jump on him. I mean, you're backing that Newcastle are going to turn their season around, but um, they've been pretty bad, so maybe there's only upside. Are you a are you a cookie owner? Is he one that you're thinking of bringing in for the run home? Uh, I owned him for the last like five years and left him out in round one. Um, which was probably a mistake, but um, no, I don't think so. Not with a draw. I just he sort of tons up versus the the absolute you know bottom of the ladder teams. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't fancy Cook on the Storm side. Harry and Munster, I think, are just must-haves, and I think if people don't own him, they're probably getting him. I know you don't seem to own Munster, Mick. Is is he is he on your radar this week, or or or? Or are you are you planning on getting him in? I'd have to look at his ownership, but maybe he's a. <laughs> this decision is going to be pretty big because, um, yeah, like if you fade Latrell and you fade Munster, you're taking on two of the better players in Supercoach Freddie history. So he's currently owned by thirty three percent of teams, but who knows with that anymore? When you have all those play people that just have stopped playing. Um, and but currently he's only three point eight percent traded in for this round, um, which is probably high-ish. But I guess a lot of people are doing the full ba- the the Pappenhausen out, so he's not really an option for that. Yeah, it's a common yeah, theme I'm, with us. Where the first thing we're saying about every player is what their percentage ownership is. So we're definitely we're all <laughs> on the pod train. Um, and this time of year, obviously, we're looking at looking to make up some ground. So looking to oh, to go against. But I just think Munster will be a great average. Um, Easy, really easy to bring in if you don't have him. Yeah, their, their draw is quite tough for Storm. Um, mm, I think he's I, pretty I, bulletproof I, I, with a draw, though. I, I like, I think there's some good pods to take Monster on, to be honest, like DCE, Drinkwater, Ponga. Yeah. Um, no, no, by all means, there are. I, I said last week, yeah. I think Drinkwater will outscore Monster for the run home. Um, so, Oof. yeah, but it's. Um, Didn't start it, off well. Who, who, oh, Nick Meany goal kicks for the Storm, doesn't he? Yeah, but did drink drink water wasn't kicking on the weekend either, was he? The Chad kicked. No idea yeah. why. Mm. Nick Nick Meany's not a bad option um, at centre wing. Yeah, 
I, I looked at him playing fullback, kicking goals for the Storm. Um, I'll probably give him a week, but I think he could be a centre wing trading target for the run for the run home for sure. Do you think uh, you need to get rid of Grant Anderson, or do you think he can just sit there? Like he, he possibility is going to be an AE nightmare. I think historically, like Storm wingers can score score a hundred any week, um, and they can also score a twenty, like Xavier Coates or. Josh Shadow-Carl were quite good at doing the roller coaster. So maybe the week that you have to play him, he might pick 100, you know? So. Yeah. I think yeah. if he – if he if, see what happens. He's named in 14. If he starts on the bench, Look, it's going yeah. to be an AE nightmare. <laughs> Come on for five minutes. Sorry, 20 minutes with no base. But um, That's thrown me a bit. I can actually upgrade upgrade him to a decent player. So I might I might just get rid of him and hope he, hope he plays 14 and scores 10 points. Craig never. Craig rarely carries a, a center wing on the bench. Like that's not his. Yeah, Wishart being named at, at at wing doesn't make sense. Surely that'll swap around. Um, mm. All right, into uh, the the final two games on a Sunday. We'll probably get through these pretty quickly. Uh, Bulldogs versus Titans. Uh, Josh Addo Carr's named. He's in doubt, though. That's basically it. And uh, for the Titans, Tino's back in the starting side. Um, and Jaden Campbell, uh, normally playing fullback, is is coming back through the bench with Brimson having a pretty good game against the Broncos over the weekend. In the interest of time, I don't think there's much to talk about here. Uh, I've got a bit of David Fafita chat, if anyone's interested in hearing it. Uh, I've got some... Unicorn points over the weekend to upgrade to 75, which is beautiful for people like myself that brought him in and captained him. I think his his ownership's still pretty low, and I think potentially only getting 75 on the weekend doesn't put him on a lot of people's radar. Is he still one you're considering bringing in for this for this week or for for the run home, Dan? Yeah, I brought him in last week, so okay. I think he's I think he's a Perfectly fine option. Who you know, he's got a very high ceiling at five hundred and seventy-five k. So I, I guess a good, you know, the head-to-heads that we do would be like a Cam Murray versus David Fafita at similar prices. Uh, I'd probably like them both to end the year. What about you, Mick? Are you are you a Fafita? Yeah, I mean, I have been chasing points with center wing sort of upside players rather than players like Fafita and Murray, but uh, it's probably sensible to bring in one of those guys this week. Or Madison, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like Fafita's got the real high, the highest ceiling out of those three. So, so he's only owned by nine percent of teams, so he's still pretty low on the on the ownership scale. Uh, I yeah. think for me, I I bought him in last week. Obviously, going to be holding him. I'd still think he's a good buy this week. Uh, the only thing is it's just such a terrible watch. That's the only warning I'm going to give people thinking about bringing him in. I watched that whole Broncos and Titans game because I captained for feeder on the weekend. And I, I've, I haven't enjoyed a game less than when I watched the Titans play the Tigers earlier in the year. So um, yeah, that's my only warning. I think he's a good super coach buy, but, but not for your watching perspective. Yeah, not much else to talk about there. I think we'll move on to the Cowboys and the Tigers, the last game of the round. Uh, the Cowboys uh, have a couple of changes. Leilua's named to start at prop. 
uh, with Nane back in the back row after origin duties. Val mm-hmm. Holmes and Dearden are also back. So Val into center, uh, Dearden at 5'8", uh, which has put the hammer back to the bench. Uh, we have for the Tigers a few changes, Naden and yada, a few changes there, but nothing relevant <laughs> from a super coach perspective. So I'm not going to waste too much time on that. Uh, from a Cowboys perspective, Dan, you you put up Drinkwater to outscore Munster. Uh, do you have him in your side? Are you looking at bringing him in? Is he still a trade target for you? I think I think he'll be quite highly purchased this week now with their draw. Um, so that turns me off him now a little bit. I was planning on bringing him in. Uh, I I wouldn't mind a bit of Val as well. I think he'll he'll score well. So both of those are, are great options if you're looking for for someone in the Cowboys with a decent run coming in. Uh, but I probably will swerve both of them now and and go a bit more pod. Mick, are you um? Are you looking at any Cowboys uh, Cowboys plays for this week? Val Holmes is probably one of, of interest, especially with their easy draw on the run home. I could make a case for getting both of them this week, to be honest. Um, that it's again what what you want to run with in the in the halves and a fullback with Pappenhausen out. But um, Val's certainly like um, look like he's back to his best this year. Like with especially like his origin performances were unreal. Yeah, um, and his goal kicking for a top top two or top three team, so yeah, uh, it's hard not to like him. I think if you're going to get both of them too, this week's obviously the week to do it. Up at Dairy Farmers Sunday afternoon game, well, it's probably not called Dairy Farmers anymore. Whatever the new version of that's called, um, <laughs> Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Um, uh, they're playing so Tigers this week. Then they have Dragons and they have Bulldogs. Then, then Roosters, Warriors, Souths, and then finish off with Panthers. So, yeah, I think you could make a case for both of them. And as you said, Dan, could be popular with, with their draw, uh, at least from what Supercoach Gold is saying at the moment. Drinkwater is, only has 600 people bringing him in, so like 0.9%, and mm. uh, he's only 15% owned. So... Think he's a pretty good pot option, and I'm going to be looking at bringing in Drinkwater this week uh, myself uh, for Cody Walker. Yeah, I, I mean he looks he looks good on the park. He's getting involved. He he does plays on both sides of the ruck, which is probably the the one thing he has up on Val. So, but you know, similarly, Val's got the goal kick in there. So, yeah, both easy bring-ins, I think, and and both quite enjoyable to watch from a supercoach perspective. All right. Uh, thank you, Dan. And uh, uh, I know in the background, Dan's having a bit of a blow up, uh, not happy with the way this pod's going and he's taken off for, for the night. Uh, so uh, over in the UK, his workday's about to start. Um, we're going to finish off this week with, a, as we mentioned, a bit of a twist on the, the who would you rather. Uh, so uh, myself and, and Mick, uh, are going to be going through. Dan's done a bit of prep. I think he really wanted me to mention that to, so that everyone knows he was part of this. So uh, we're doing a who would you rather past versus present. And the who would you rather that we're trying to do is the best super coach players to watch. Best super coach players you enjoy watching 
both from a score point of view, but also just from a enjoy watching point of view, because I think for the run home, uh, especially if you're out of it, I mean, most people are trying to chase that elusive top 1000 finish or, or if you're lucky enough, you're, you're close to the top. Um, but other than that, it's also good to just watch players that you want to see play well and also do well for your super coach team. So we're going position by position, almost the best 13 um, of the the past versus presence. Who would you rather uh, best super coach players to watch? So I've just spent about three minutes introducing that segment. <laughs> uh, but Mick, I'm go- I'll, I'll, um, I'll run through the players and you need to, and you tell me uh, who you would rather. And we can talk a little bit about the, uh, the past players and, and where they've come from. All right, I'm going to start with the hooker. So best player to watch in the present day is Harry Grant at hooker, and we're putting him up against uh, James Seguiaro circa 2015 when he was starting hooker for the Cowboys. I think his top score was about 155 at, at a given point in time. Uh, who would you rather out of uh, Harry Grant and James Seguiaro? Probably an easy one to start off with. Seggy's uh Seggy's one of my favorites, so I'd probably say Seggy, but um yeah, he's pretty uh pretty volatile. <laughs> he's in uh, a bit of trouble off field as well, which which is uh pretty mad. Yeah, Seggy's a funny one. Like I, I was looking at his stats and yeah, so he scored hundred and fifty in twenty thirteen, starting hooker. Uh, interestingly, I think I said the Cowboys, but it, that was when he played for the Panthers. I forgot that he even yeah, played yeah. for the Panthers, and he was a and he was a gun back then. Um, and yeah, as an eighty minute Super Coach player back in the day, uh, he was a gun uh, and good good value to watch out of dummy half. Yeah, I think he uh, might have been a bit of a party boy, Seguiaro, from all reports. Oh, uh, yeah, he's the what is it the YK YKTR uh, or yeah. whatever. Whatever it is. Um, all right, in the front row, uh, we've got two current players, but we're but we're looking at this this man as a past player. We've got we're putting up IPAP against Prime Andrew Fafita. I know, I know, Andrew Fafita was a killer back in the day, but he crabbed across the field and like got a heap of jump points. You know, just palming off tacklers running across. So IPAP just does all the hard stuff going forward. So I probably prefer IPAP, I think. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, for Fida, 2013-2014, uh, he was just a weapon. He, he had his ceiling. He scored, he, he had a, his top score was 156, which for, I mean, I know uh, people score 150s for fun these days, but for back in 2014, that was like, that would have been close to the top score in the game. So, Massive ceiling for feeder. Uh, just used to have so many offloads and line breaks and everything. Um, and so, as a Sharks fan, I think I'd probably lean for feeder. He was he was too fun to watch uh, back then. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a shame these guys get a bit bashed towards the end of the end of, end of their careers because, like, he was a, an absolute jet when he was. Oh, fit and healthy, you know. But. Yeah, and what he signed that huge contract just like just after the, they won the grand final. Like I was, I was talking to Jono about it the other day. Like, geez, I know Payne Haas is only twenty-one, but geez, paying a million bucks for a prop—they just they're they're 
their peak windows are just so small. Uh, like as in they just uh, – you can't see someone going for like eight straight years and being the best prop in the game. Like it just doesn't happen. I mean, there's probably a few examples, but. Yeah, Tamalolo was a bit of a risk as well for 10 years or whatever they paid him. So Yeah, he's sort of come good though this year. He was he was actually one of, one that was pretty good to watch when he was in a good season. That's true. He's he he could he could probably come up in this next part. So the next next one is uh oh jeez. I'm gonna I'm gonna add I've I, this one could have gone front row forward and or back row. And so we're putting up prime Sammy Burgess, probably one of the best super coach players going around, but good to watch, versus kick out in today's versus one other past uh super coach, which is Cardi Party. Uh, so, who, <laughs> so three very different styles. Who who's your who would you rather own from a super coach perspective out of those three? Cardi for that three month window, or whatever was the greatest player on earth. Um, just Samba just couldn't uh, couldn't keep up with Cardi Party, but uh, Kickout is pretty awesome in a good team. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's obviously Cardi. Yeah, I do, Cardi. For literally, like you said, I, it feels like it might have been a three-month window in two consecutive years. Like it was something along those lines. He was just, yeah. it was just unbelievable. Offloading at will, uh, and then, yeah, he obviously fell off a, a cliff uh, with the. I think he had some troubles himself at Penrith, and obviously couldn't couldn't him make and, a tackle uh, at the Titans. Him and Tim, him and Tim Smith are the two biggest like cliff dives in in NRL history. I think like. They were just dominant, and and then uh, the next year they just dropped right off. So yeah, Jed Cartwright looked a looked a little bit like Cardi on the weekend. He had the he had the offload <laughs> going <laughs> for, little, for the bunny. Bit of a mix between John and John, yeah. John and Bryce. Uh, uh, the next one is the heart. We move into the halves. Probably a bit of a dot ball one, but it's uh, today's uh, best super coach player to watch in the halves is Nico Hines. We've picked uh, over. Over Cleary, which is probably debatable, and Dan's pick. We've gone with Ben Peak Ben Hunt, twenty fourteen. <laughs> he was. Dan's told me that in twenty fourteen, Ben Hunt was the best super coach, highest scoring super coach player of the year. Which I don't remember to yeah. be honest. I think that was the year Dan came third overall, so he probably had Ben Hunt in his team. So it's just yeah. nostalgia. Oh, that's a tough one. Probably Ben Hunt, but uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, Nico. Is it all halves that get unicorn points? But Nico seems to get a lot. Um, Thurston back in the day, even Cleary, Cleary will finish the game on eighty and then update to over hundred. Yeah, I I think both. Uh, yeah, I mean Hines seems to just get points for fun. Basically, it's I mean both, and it's the same with Ben Hunt and Cleary. Those halves that basically have a million touches during the game just manage to get points, even like. Like for yeah. for not doing for, for for doing a lot, but out of nowhere. Chris Chris Sando was another one who was uh, <laughs> he was pretty entertaining. Yeah, he was good for for a couple of weeks uh, <laughs> at a time. Yeah. All right, this this one's my favourite. Uh, we've got Drinky at five eight as the current uh, player. Uh, fun to watch, good super coach player, and we're putting him up against Anthony Milford. From 2014, when he first <laughs> cracked onto the scene at the Raiders. Yeah, just 
Oh, at the Raiders. So we got two, we got two fullbacks in the five eight spot. There could be two. Well, they could. You could do Milford from the Raiders or Milford. What was it? It was twenty fifteen. Um, when they went, was it twenty fifteen? Yeah, but they nearly won. Where they should have won the comp, and he should have got the Clive Churchill medal. Um, yeah, he yeah. was pretty good in Supercoach. Uh, he had some too. monster scores there when Brisbane were good. Um, yeah, Milford, Milford being an ex Raider, definitely that that. I remember crying when they let him, let him go. Like um, Brisbane paid him a million or whatever for five year deal or whatever, and then sold him to the Knights for nothing. So this is Milf. So fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I think he only played a few games at like maybe eight or nine rounds at the back end of twenty fourteen for Canberra. It feels like yeah, he did. Like he started on the bench and then he he anyway. But um, the Milf four scores. And again, remembering back then, Scott he 167 top score in 2014 for the Raiders, wow. 153 for the Broncos 2015, 148 for the Broncos 2015, and 148 for the Broncos 2016. So back in the days where 150 was unachievable, he's had four of them uh, in that two year period. So yeah, I feel I feel like the guys who don't goal kick like Milford as well uh, are the uh like are an exception as well, like because Cleary when he scores 190 or whatever, 40 or so is in goal kicks. So yeah, I think uh, it's probably worth us talking about now. We had a question uh, on on specific rule changes. You're put you're putting up that that you don't that you want to get rid of goal kicking uh, points for Supercoach for 2023. Yeah, I mean it's controversial, but uh, like it it had even the even the spread of players out a lot, the distribution of players, because everybody has to own Cleary or or uh, Pappenhausen when he's fit just because I think Cleary's averaged 20 in goal kicks the last two years. Um, yeah. So he's got a 20-point start on Cherry Evans, you know. Even if Cherry Evans kills it for the year, he's just it's just very hard for him to catch it. Um, and that goes for all positions, even Garrick or... Like Zach Lomax would be irrelevant without the goal kicking, I think. Um, you know, Latrell. Um, I just think it'd be better across the board if there was no goal kicking points, or or at least make it one per goal kick, not four or whatever. It does feel like a lot when you think about it, and as you said, potentially sways uh, a lot for those teams that 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 are going well. Like you said, like especially especially last year and then this year with the amount of tries that have been scored and the amount of goals that have been kicked by those gun sides or those top four sides, it's, it just feels it's too big of an advantage now from that perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you could rattle off a few. Mitch Moses becomes irrelevant without goal kicking. Um, I mean, even Val, Val's borderline with the goal kicking, I think, but without it, he's probably not a keeper in centre wing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Garrick's, Garrick's an exception. He's just defied, uh, the odds the last two years, but without Tom. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, the, the gun players without goal kicking is, yeah, they're the gun super coach players. All right. So, uh, Santa wings fi- finishing off this, we've got Manu versus BJ Leilua. 
Uh, so Manu, current day, he's just come off 191. Uh, we're putting him up. <laughs> you really, oh. you really scratch, and we need to like. It's like a there's like a small window similar to Cardi. Probably there's a three three month period where it was Leipana, where BJ Leilua was the best super coach player on earth. Uh, who'd you rather between those two? Leipana <laughs> was amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I'd take BJ every day over Joey Manu. Manu, I'd prefer Manu Vadavoy over Johnny, Joey Manu. He's another one of these crabs who gets points for, for busting tackles. So, Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the in, in the centre wing, but more the wing position, we've got Brian To'o from the Panthers versus uh, to- Sammy Radradra before he went off to French rugby. Yeah. There's, we've obviously picked like the Hall of Fame ex Supercoach players as well, or ex NRL players. Um, so to- Brian Tyler is a, a great player and amazing to watch, but he's just, you can't compete with Sammy Rod Redrow. He's probably one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, he's the best. Sammy, yeah. it'd be so good if he just came back as like a 40 year old and just dominated the NRL still. Oh, like he's the best player in rugby, apparently. Um, <laughs> I don't watch rugby, but, but but all my mates in the UK think he's just the best thing since yeah, last Yeah, certainly wouldn't surprise me. All right, we're finishing on the big one. Three players. We've got 2022 Pappy, obviously uninjured, uh, how good he is to watch, versus Tommy Turbo from 2021 versus uh, pre-NFL and all the other rubbish, uh, Jared Hayne. Yeah, um, it's Tom, like, Tom's – I actually think Tom is the best player in NRL history, but he's just – hasn't been on the field long enough. He just – he's so good. I know he hasn't won a grand final or any of that crap, but uh, he's just he just does everything, like apart from goal kick, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Turbo, Turbo 2021 is basically the best player in history for that one year and also the best super coach player in history. And you just can't go past it. I mean, he's yeah. probably only rivaled by Jared Hayne and his 2009 run, but I certainly wasn't playing super coach back then. Uh, no. so I, can't really I mean, Teddy, it. Teddy, like GI, I guess, and Slater probably of the modern guys are all like elite, but Tom's just a different level. At his at that peak for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he probably he probably had like I think he was out for the first seven or eight rounds last year, and then he still won the Dallium playing like seventeen games or whatever. It was crazy. All right, I think that's I think that pretty much wraps us up for the night. So uh, thanks thanks for coming along, Mick. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. It's been it's been good <laughs> having you, and it's been good. Yeah, hearing hearing some different pod views on for those looking for for you know to go against the grain for the run home if they're trying to make up some points. Yeah, I mean, at the start of the year, I thought I was all in stacking the the top four four teams in betting, all their center wings and and even back rows and halves, but uh, it has it sort of worked to the, for the first eleven rounds. I, I don't even know how I'm competitive this year because I've, I've made so many mistakes, but. Uh, probably with it, all the NPRs, I think. <laughs> it's funny you said at the start, like, so you come in thirteen hundredth and something overall, and um, 
and you stacked your team with roosters who were just horrible for the first, not horrible, but they were no good for the first six yeah. weeks. Um, well, I think I had five or six nuffs to start the season because there was no good cheapies so that all my salary cap was playing every week. Yeah. Um, so I think that took me a long way. Like there was just, just no rubbish in my team to start the year. So yeah, uh, maybe might be a strategy for next year. Who knows? But um, I, yeah, like especially like hooker and front row forward as well. You don't really want to carry a bench hooker or a bench front rower. So. All right. Cheers. See you later.